0: Welcome to the Creation Grounds podcast, where we break down the success, habits, and the life of people in creative fields, discover how they've gotten to where they are, what they aspire to be, and how you can live your dreams too. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Creation Grounds. I'm in Theater 80 in the East Village with Fulton Hodges, our next guest. He's in this play The Soldiers Play with me, and we kind of want to dig into his background a little bit. So, I know that you are born in New York.
1: Yeah, a native New Yorker, man. Yeah. January 12th, 1963, Kings County Hospital, Brooklyn, New York.
0: Uh-oh, there Brooklyn, you go. represent. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And you have 40 years in the theater and an Adolco Award. You've been a recipient of the fame, the famed mm-hmm. um, yeah. But Before we get into your accomplishments, tell us um, what it was like growing up for you.
1: Well, you know, um, my, father, my father, he had seven children. Wow. Okay, my father had seven I got six siblings, three brothers and three sisters. So, you know, we lived in Brooklyn until I was the age of seven, and then we moved out to Queens. We were in a tight little apartment Mm -hmm. back then. He was a laborer. You know, he worked at an auto mechanic workshop, and uh, it was a little tight, you know. You know, you had the brothers in one room, the sisters in another room, and then my Father and mother, they had their own bedroom. So it was a little tight and stuff. Interesting thing about it is um, the only two that can go off Outside off of the porch was my two oldest, my older sister and my older brother The rest of us, we were res- Restricted to Sitting on a stoop, we couldn't go nowhere Because my father was very, very particular mm-hmm. He said, oh you're not getting Off of this stoop so that something can happen To you, and you're we precocious And we were, you know, energetic little Kids and stuff, mm-hmm. even though uh, One would think otherwise Because my demeanor is very, very low key I'm very, very laid back until I get into my creative flow. Right. Okay. (laughs) You know, once I do that. But, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, we were restricted to the um, stew, And it wasn't until I was at age seven, we were excited because we were going to move into this big old house in Queens, New York, Hollis, New York. Wow. You know, um, and it was a corner house. So we had our own back, you know, yard and stuff. And it was a big house. So um, once we were there, you know... um, there was still this whole idea of you know you know when you're a kid you you know you go on the block you play with your friends and everything, but then as you get older, when you get into your teens, you start thinking about well, what is it can I do other than this same you know the same thing of going outside doing that you know I was very very much I was bright. In high school, in Mm -hmm. high school, I was very, very bright. We all know you're you're just not bright now. You know, of course, I'm not bright now. (laughs) You know, when you get my age, you're not gonna be bright either. So, (laughs) you know, you' funny. Anyway, so you know, um, I was very, very, you know. It was uh, you can call me a nerd because I hung with nerds out in in high school. But uh-huh. well, I was pretty smart and so you know and active. I love love football. I love baseball. Right. You know. Um, I love playing music. I played the trumpet for a little bit. Okay, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Exclusive. Yeah, yeah A lot of people don't know. So you know, um, I started to um, you know hanging with friends on my on my block one of my friends his uh uncle was a choreographer mm-hmm. and he was working at uh black spectrum theater Which teaching dance yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he said that they're offering um workshops you know they're offering workshops where you will get paid to take these workshops it was part of some type of program mm-hmm. i said wow you know get paid for you know learning how to do video production, film production, learning dance, you know, theater. I mean, that's how can you beat that? I said, oh, I can get some change in my pocket. Right. And I learn. And that's where my love of theater first started. I was uh, in high school. I was in high school. You know, I think I had just started high school. So um, I said, wow, this is interesting. So I would make that commute to St. Albans, Queens, where, you know, uh, Yeah, a little 75-seat theater. little, what we call, you know, almost like the black box theater. Right. Very, very small and stuff. But, you know, he was getting grants and everything to, you know, do these programs for these, you know, youngsters, teenagers. So we would go and we would learn all the, you know, things about acting and uh, stage managing and all that stuff. And uh, film and video production. So, you know, once the program ended, I kind of made my flow into that company. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also had, at that time, an adult professional acting company, a youth acting company, and then they had a children's company. So, um, while I was there, I said, let me go into the youth company because I was around that age Mm. at the time. And, uh, you know, I would go into the youth company. I would learn, you know, the acting with the youth company. I was in the assistant stage manager for the adult professional company. Mm -hmm. And then in the children's company, I was their production stage manager. So I learned stage managing at an early age. That's when I said to myself, okay, this acting thing is all right, but if I want to stay... In this business and it wasn't until I got into college that I realized that I'm gonna to try to do something in this business I need to learn all aspects of theater not just it. so you know when people look at my bio now I put actor director stage and house manager mm-hmm. fire guard and teaching artist because those were all the things that I've been doing and you know I still do in this career that has been, you know, 40 plus years. Yeah.
0: So, um... I want to also comment on, you grew up in a time where it was probably beneficial for you to get involved with theater because, um, you know, the crack epidemic in New York and just kept you safe. And And it's
1: interesting that you said that because my mother, she was not feeling that she did not want me to get into she I'm supposed to be a doctor you said you were going to be a doctor so that's what you're going to be right and then my father talked to her one time She she's like oh no no you can't go to that theater you can't go to, he looked at and he said let him do what it is that he wants to do it will keep him off the streets mm-hmm. I will not have to worry about them if that's what he wants to do Andy let him do it yeah one of the major points in my father's very short life that i learned because my father passed away in 1981 of cancer at the age of 45. wow and that was one of the one of the major things that stuck with me if he wants to do it let him do it and you know i've kept that natural with me for to this day If I want to go out and do film, I will do it. If I want to go out and do television, Mm. I will do it. If I want to do the stage, which is most of my life that I've been doing, I'm going to do it. Mm. Okay? And I'm going to give as much, you know, 100 200% when I do any type of job that I do. And that's something that, you know, I would impress upon anybody. That's dope, man. So he wouldn't let you off the stoop, but he let you He, he let wouldn't you let me out. off the stoop, but he said, Go, <laughs> he said, go on go to that theater and, and, and learn. Go on to that theater and learn and stuff. you know, and you know, I love it. I think, you know, you know, that's one of the things that I I do miss about him was the fact that he did not see me flourish in this. Yeah. My mother got a chance to see me do my thing when I invited her to see. At the time I was teaching the Black Spectrum's Teen Acting Institute and we did a musical called A Trip to Nowhere uh-huh. okay she, no I'm sorry it wasn't a musical that she saw it was a play that I wrote on gun violence called Samson's Way wow. and um, I had all teenagers in and, and I had maybe about five adults and it was a huge cast and she came to see it, I think it was around Mother's Day, because I had a whole thing of roses for her that I gave to her. And I said to her, I said, this is what I do. This is what I do when I address the audience afterwards, because it was a play where you had to talk to the audience afterwards. Gun violence was very, very prevalent back during the times that uh, I was teaching Mm -hmm. the young people and I always asked them, I said, what is it that affects your lives right at this moment as a Teacher, as the drama teacher, I have them get into a semi semi-circle, and we would talk about issues that affect them, because that's what I wrote for them. I, I was I taught them for nineteen years at Black Spectrum, right? Ages thirteen to nineteen, mm-hmm. and I said, What are we going to uh, What are we going to explore this season on the stage? Okay, because we got to write it and we got to perform it. Okay, and one of the biggest things that came out of that was the gun Your violence, plan. which was prevalent even now when you talk about Chicago and Chicago and a lot of other urban cities and stuff. So, yep. And you know, people were saying, "Well, you're killing yourselves. Y'all doing that and stuff." So, I said, Martin Luther King made a comment a long time ago in terms of uh, the, you know. You talk about black on black, this, black on black, this, but you don't understand the economics of why folks do what they do. They're living poor and you are not giving them these things that they need to flourish. You keep saying, you'll go to school. They go to school. You will not hire them. Right. You will not hire them. So don't talk to me about, you know, crime, black on black crime, because white on white crime is just as bad, if not worse. Mm -hmm. Okay and so you know so don't when you're killing each other you're killing each other I do understand the fact that it is a conscious choice to make if you're going to pick up a gun yeah and you know that's your choice okay so you just be prepared for the consequences after that yeah okay and that's one of the things that we debated and talked about with mm. these young people and in a theater environment a yeah theater, and that's what I loved about it I was able to <clears throat> work in a Teen Acting Institute and teach them things and talk to them about how they react and respond to each other. And it was not just a learning thing for them, it was a learning thing for me because I learned how to communicate with them. You got to learn how to communicate with these young people nowadays because they come at you in all different angles and all different kinds of ways. Yeah. And that was something that I learned. Who would you say? inspires you the most
0: as an actor or an actress and what you were talking about learning and teaching students what would you say to a young actor who wants to have longevity in his career during your expertise your your knowledge your um your time spent in the game what would you say to that
1: person what's the one quality they'll need in order to thrive well you know one well let me talk about the inspiration one of my biggest inspirations and you know i worked with him even before you know uh I even got involved with NDC, one of my biggest inspirations, and a lot of y'all don't know, was uh, the Arthur French. Arthur French. Arthur French. Arthur French was on the board of directors at Black Spectrum Theater Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, over there. A lot of people do not know that I worked at Black Spectrum Theater for a total of 32 years. Wow. 32 years. Everything that I learned in theater, I honed right there. And Carl Clay, who is the executive director of Black Spectrum, he allowed me, he opened up a forum for me to do that. One of the directors that directs with NEC now, Bet Howard, mm-hmm. she always called me her right arm because mm-hmm. I worked with her 30 of those 32 years at Black Spectrum. Right, And anything did. She had me stage man, she had me act, she had me running lights, she had me running sound. She had me doing a whole lot of things, which I already learned at the theater. So, you know, these two, Mm -hmm. these two I hold to the highest standard, okay? Because I take from them that whole idea of, you know, when you do this, you have to make sure that you are in that frame of mind that, okay, it's a job. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a job. You can have fun doing it. Okay, you got to love what you do. You have to love what you do. Is so very very longevity. Arthur French. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's his middle name. Yeah, that's his middle name. If I can work on the great love, everything, and I work with his son. His son has his own writing workshop. Wow, Fusion Mm Gumbo Writers Workshop. Arthur French the third. Mm -hmm. And I stage managed the show when Arthur was little. Two times I stage managed two shows where he did a musical and he did a, a straight stage play and I said these guys are you know these are these are my close friends these are people who I revere because they understand the importance of the professional ethic mm-hmm. which is, which I see has faltered in a lot of people how, that are coming up. how would you say that well see that. it's it's very very interesting you know um I come from that school where I always, you know, if I was given the call time, I'm always there, okay? If I know I'm going to be late, I always shoot a message to my stage, man. Some of these, no offense, man, some of these young people, they wow. just walked up into rehearsal like boom, 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 boom. I give the same type of um, uh, professional courtesy and ethics with those people that are only paying me $200 as, as I would be getting 2000 Right. It's, it should not change, right? It right. should not change. But some people have to feel that, you know, even if you're not getting ended, there were times where I did stuff for nothing because I just wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the experience to go out there and do what it is that I do because I see so many people. I said, "Wow! If I can get there, if I can get there, if I can get there, I got to start all the way here. Right. But I got to work my way up." Which brings me to that whole idea. If it was the one thing that I would give to people, is that energy and strive that I do see a lot of young people have now. That I see a lot of my friends that are now in you know television series and. Mm-hmm films and they have lines and stuff like that I said that drive you have got to have that drive you got to love what it is that you're doing okay and a lot of them have that passion and that energy because they go from one thing to mm-hmm. another to another which is what right off the French Dude. See how that works? Yeah. See how that works? It's, it comes around full circle. I say, these are the guys that we learned from. Right. These are the guys that we learned from. I'm very, very meticulous because I'm a director also, uh-huh. as well as a stage manager. When Charles Weldon gives me blocking mm-hmm. to do, okay, and I don't have my pencil on my script with me on stage, as soon as I get off stage, write I'm writing down. everything down. But some people don't. Some people don't do that. They think, okay, I got it in memory, uh-huh. and then I said, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be here. Don't you remember what he said to you? Yeah. And, so, and he, in fact, I I, I showed a uh, 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 Chaz, mm-hmm. Chaz, who is you know understudying for the role of Davenport. I said. You're going to walk over here. You're going to look at Private Wilkie and you're going, he's going to salute you and then you're going to tell him to sit down. Right. Okay. I say, you know what? If you can give your fellow actor a hand, then go ahead. For sure. Do that. It, 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 it's a wonderful thing to be in this business and to watch the professionals. I think I talked to you very briefly about those professional people and stuff. And I was in that stage when i was young and i was like this and our all crazy energy bouncing off the walls and stuff Uh and i said okay now i understand what those people before me were talking about i understand it fully it comes around full circle
0: so you would say energy and um and passion are. energy
1: and passion and a lot of you have that yeah a lot of y'all show that I mean, when you come in here and you try different things on the stage and you do stuff, I say, Yo, I, I, I applaud people that go out there on a regular basis and say, do that grind, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Do that grind because it's 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 beautiful. It's wonderful.
0: Uh, tell us the story of your Aldoco experience.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. It's interesting because... I don't have one Adelco Award, I have four. Yeah, four. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> nobody see nobody now. knows that. Okay. I have more than Reggie. Reggie has two. I got it. He told me he has three. Well, you know, his um what he added as his third one was the fact that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom won the Adelco for Best Revival. Oh got it. Okay. One of the, you know, for Best Revival. So he counts that as a, you know Adelco yeah. Award my first one that i won back in 1997 was for director of a musical production and i tied with the great woody king jr no you did not Wow! yes he directed the musical version of uh oh my god it's, it escapes me because the sister that was in the lead actress in that she won the of lead actor while the gentleman that was in the My Musical, A Trip to Nowhere, won for lead actor in the musical production. Okay, it was one of those uh, 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 pieces that's, you know, God's Trombones. Okay, That's what it was. Woody King directed a musical version of God's Trombones and Debbie Blackwell Cook was in it, who was a friend of mine who played my mother when I played in... um, Uh, uh, Amen Corner at Black Spectrum Theater. Me and Debbie came out of Black Spectrum Theater. Um, Anyway, I I took my whole youth company to the Adelco Awards. We did a musical number from the show called God Will Show You the Way. And um, it was interesting because uh, (laughs) first of all, the Adelcos, they see these young people, they automatically assume that they're Volunteers. Uh-huh. So I'm walking down the hall with two of my young girls, you know, they're like uh, 18 and 17. They're walking with me. I said, come on, we got to go and check out the green room. So this this young girl came all and said, oh, 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 my God. Oh, more volunteers? So the girls looked at each other. She, she said, no, we're not uh, volunteers. And the other girl said, we're nominees. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I turned to the I said, shh, come on. You know, because it was that type of energy and stuff. It was an experience for them mm-hmm. when uh, A Trip to Nowhere was nominated for five Delco Awards and we won four. Wow. We won for Musical Production of the Year. I won for Director of a Musical Production. We won for Best Choreography, which was done by one of the students in, in the production. Uh-huh. And for lead actor in the musical. Wow. Uh, the fifth one we didn't win was for costume design. Okay. But um, It didn't matter. So um, that was the first time. I did. Then the following year, I did a, a, a play called "Our Husband Has Gone Mad Again, and I was nominated for supporting actor. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to win. You know, I won last year. I ain't going to give it to me two years in a row. And when uh, Takia Crystal Kima, from, um, uh, uh, Keenan Wyand's, uh, sketch comedy show. Uh-huh. In, uh, In Living Color? In Living Color. She presented it to me for Best Supporting Actor, and I was like, I screamed. I went, oh! <laughs> so I walk up there with my tight suit on and stuff like this. I said, you know, I did not expect this, and... But it is what it is. Then, you know, what happened, uh, after that, uh, Ten years later, in nineteen, in two thousand seven, my youth company got a special award for um, being one of the most talented uh, teen acting groups in New York City, and it was interesting because they won it for doing the same musical I had did ten years prior, wow. A Trip to Nowhere. It was like a reboot. Mm-hmm. It was a reboot, and I, I did a reboot. And, you know. And um, that was that. In 2011, I won Best Ensemble Performance with um, the Castillo Theater. Five of us was in a musical called Playing Heiner Mueller. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, one of the, uh, not one, of the, yeah, one of the first times that I did not, it was non-traditional casting because we played all white characters. And um, it was five of us. It was two women and three males and we had 18 songs, mm-hmm. and we had 75 different characters. Wow! And I won, you know. We won them. I mean, I played Hitler. I played Hitler, and I played um, Bertolt Brecht, the, the playwright. playwright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was different for us. But man, when I came out as Hitler, because my hair was low, and you know, they gave me the mustache, and they gave me the, and what I had to do on stage, yeah. I had to. Mind like I'm talking to the masses and I have to do that and everything. Yeah. You know, but it was very, very interesting. Yeah. So, so you brought up students a lot during
0: this interview. And we can tell that you have a passion for young people, for teaching. Yeah. Um, talk about your passion for acting and giving back and what is the value of that? And why is that important to you?
1: Well, you know, um, I mean, we're going through such a hard time. We're going through such a hard time when you talk about uh, black theater in New York, okay? You don't see enough of it on Broadway, okay? And if you do see it, a lot of times it's musical, even though, you know, August Wilson is one of their most popular, okay? We, We see August Wilson a lot. I would say it was a lot more because we got a number of black playwrights out there. They got some dynamic shows uh, I, I'm starting to see the rise of Dominique Morisot yes she's on
0: it. She's a, she, Lincoln Center Theater right now she yeah. has a play going on
1: and uh, she just did a musical on the uh, is it the Temptations I forgot which group she just wrote a musical and it's up in Baltimore I think it is anyway uh, Dominique and you know uh, you know, the uh, Nottage, and Nottage. And I goes mean, on we need, we need to see more of that stuff too. Right. We need to see all these different, so not just August. Anyway, the, um, thing is, you know, you have a lot of people that work, especially, and I'll use NDC as an example. You have a lot of folks that are, you know, have gone on from here, and, um, just like, um, some of the other black dudes, they're struggling. I said, you know, um, some of those people that come out of here—if this was the place that I started at home, okay—and I see them struggling. Why not make a donation here? Mm-hmm. Why not make a donation there. Give back. Come back and you know do a show uh, for less money than mm-hmm. you normally would get. you know, do it at the rate—the rate that we getting paid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come on, you know, get back. get back to those people that have honed your skills, mm-hmm. that taught you everything about respect for the art. And um, that's one of the biggest things that I see. Um, my creative process is um, almost a little different than others because I, I direct. I direct as well as act. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain, if I was in Charles Shoes and I saw stuff happening that I know I would not like as a director then, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I,
0: so you kind of have an objective view while you're on stage yeah, acting. Always, always. Yeah. Always, yeah.
1: always. I don't understand why, uh, anybody would have anything other than yeah. an objective view because if you bring on something else, then you know, it's yeah. going to show in your performance. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's gonna show. Your performance so a lot of times you know and then it goes back to your training it goes back mm-hmm. to your training if you see after i said there's only one director you got one director you got one assistant director hey, mm-hmm. not any any other other stuff okay i would not come up to aaron and say aaron i think that you should turn like that you should talk like this mm. not talk like this talk like that mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. hey. You know, so I, I, I would, um, you know, I would just, uh, uh, really, really, um, talk, when you talk about giving back, you know, I really wish, and I really wish I was the recipient of one of those large amounts of money, I would give it back to Black Spectrum. I would give it to NEC, I would give it to the happy place these are companies that I work with. I would give it to New Federal. they're struggling yeah yeah they are struggling trying just trying to get one show up for their season yeah okay there was a time where they had three shows up a season and then they had readings and then they had you know fundraisers. I mean there's time where that happened I don't know what's happened with the whole idea of you know helping out and giving back okay um It's, it's strange to me, it's strange to me and you know, Hadley players went under because they couldn't, you know, get the funding and everything. I said, well what happened to the support? It was a big support system for Hadley players and it was a shame that they had to come down. Now they just do readings.
0: Wow. Uh, what is one thing you, about acting that you believe
1: that other people think is insane? That you can't make a living off of it. That you can or can't? That you can A lot of people feel that, you know, actors can't make a living off of it. Yeah, especially if you're doing stage. So that's how you know. Yeah. How you know. I said, where you get that idea? Mm -hmm. Where you get that idea? You see the way people be hustling to do one job. No, Everybody is always talking, Wow, you always busy, folks. I map my stuff out from... January all the way to December. Yeah. Okay. I talked to people ahead. I said, "What's going on? What's going? Well, we're doing this, and we can fit you in here. Okay, I'll lock that in. Mm -hmm. I'll lock that in. I had to turn down jobs because of this. Yeah. So just what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had to turn down jobs because (laughs) you know it's so funny. When they switched to rehearsal t- date, okay, I was supposed to stage nights for The Art French. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, but I had to turn it down because at the time I said, you are running throughout the month of August, but I start rehearsal on August 7th. Yeah. And then this was maybe a week after he had asked me, maybe about three weeks after he had asked me and I'm at the bus stop I get a call from Gil who plays Sergeant Water he said did you get the email this I said what email that was sent Sunday he said I said no I don't recall it I'm at the bus stop on my way to rehearsal man oh they changed the rehearsal start date oh wow, said, wow. <laughs> said,
0: so you are on the way to rehearsal and just found out mhm just
1: found out I mean that's I need because I'm very very slow in checking my emails but um
0: When you think of the word creative, who is the first artist that comes to mind and why?
1: Creativity, creative. Mm. You know who's very, very innovative and very, very... And I've seen him a number of times. The great Andre DeShields. Oh, I've never seen him live, but I know who he is. Oh, man. You talk about innovative and creative. I mean and he struts across the stage with such um, a bravado, Yeah. okay? You know, I watch him and all the stuff that he does. He did a play called uh, Knock Me a Kiss, Mm -hmm. and he was fantastic. He just has a certain poise, and there's a certain, when you think of, you know, going into that piano, if you go on stage and you have a certain presence, mm-hmm. it's going, it's going to radiate. And you only get that if you go into that process and you work it. You mm-hmm. work it. Your confidence. Yep. He has such amazing gifts that he brings to the stage. When you talk about creating, you sit down and. Think about what is it that I can bring to this character mm-hmm. that is different from any other person that played it. Yeah. Any other person that played it, you've got to bring a piece of you. For sure. You know, without a doubt. What else can I bring that will make me shine? And then I was talking to you about that moment where you broke and you said, it sure is great to see one of us in those stripes. I mean... Whoa! I said look at him enjoy that and you know it was all physical and it was all vocal. Yeah. Okay so you gave something that we reacted to. Okay because of the fact that you went and you worked on it. Okay that's where you get your creativity from. Right. What it is that you do and what it is that you bring to that character. Okay. I'm still working on my rookie I'm thing yeah. I'm still working on my rookie thing But you see snips and pieces of it Yeah, You see snips and pieces of it And um, When we all When all 12 of us come together It's going to be a beautiful thing Yeah, Because each individual Has their own creative process And what it is that they're going to bring create Creatively To that How you do it is on you Right. How you do whatever method that you do on you. But the whole idea, it fits like this. It like a puzzle. Like a puzzle. And then you get Not this yet. big puzzle and then it's like, boom. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um,
0: So tell us about um, the play you're in now before we wrap up. So you're doing uh, what play and with what company and when's it open and who you're playing and all that good stuff. Well, you know, you know, I've
1: been very, very fortunate to um, get cast in. The Negro Ensemble Company's Reboot of a Soldier's Play. Uh, I played the role of Private Wilkie, which was probably the only role that I could really do, <laughs> which is the reason why that's the only role I went out for. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, so um, uh, I, I was very, very fortunate. We opened, actually, in preview on the 27th and 28th of September, and then opened on September 29th and run to October 8th two shows on Saturday, uh, I think at three and seven. Or seven, yeah. Yeah, and um it's it's a it's it's an honor because, you know, NEC was one of the companies that first did it back in nineteen eighty two and I remember seeing that production with a lot of my colleagues from Black Spectrum Theatre we went to see it and we were mesmerized by it and um this is the first time they're doing it again, and to be cast in it, you know, and have the spirits of all those people that were in it before, you feel the energy that's generating in that room. Mm-hmm. It's like a blessing in disguise, and I've always wanted to work as an actor under Charles Weldon's doing. I said, Charles, when are you going to use me? It's coming. It's oh, coming. Yeah you know with that classic Charles right? I got you man I got yeah. you it's coming who would have thought that it would have been this particular piece
0: incredible man mm-hmm. Fulton thanks for coming on where uh, can people reach you before we you have you, okay, are you yeah. up on the
1: social media yeah I'm mm-hmm. on social media Fulton C Hodges uh you can reach me by email A C T R E C A T O R the number one at Yahoo. Let me explain to you about that email, yeah, too. Let's please do It's called, it spells out when you type it out, Actricator. Actricator. So you put the word actor and educator together. Uh-huh. And, and I got that from the woman that taught me stage manager, um, BJ Pierce Astwood, because she always referred to herself as an Actricator by profession. Mm -hmm. So to honor her, I said, I'm using your, you know, word, your title title as part of my email because she taught me everything I know about stage management. So you can reach me there at the email or catch me, Fulton C. Hodges, on social media. I'm on Facebook. I don't do Twitter, so you ain't going to catch me there, so don't even try it. Okay. Okay? (laughs) All right.
0: All right, Fulton. Um, come check us out in Soldiers Play on September 27th. been a pleasure, man.
1: Yeah, Likewise. Thank you, sir.
0: That's it for this episode of The Creation Grounds. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. Be sure to check out our Instagram for future and previous guest info, and check out our YouTube channel in the show notes below. Email us with any suggestions at thecreationgrounds at gmail.com. And if you got something out of this, I'd really appreciate if you spread the word and the love. Until next time, this is Aaron Lloyd telling you that the sky is the limit. Stay creative.